Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, we are getting back into another attachment series. This time we're going to talk about what it's like to date each attachment style. Yes, we're going to give you the tips and tricks to help you level up in your relationships and have the skills to have more fulfilling um interactions with your partner. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Today, we'll be talking specifically about how to date someone with an anxious attachment style. So if you haven't listened to the other attachment episodes, I highly recommend that you do. I will link them all in the show notes. But Attachment, if this is the first episode you're listening to, is pretty much the bond that we build in our early relationships, our childhood relationships with our primary caregivers, whether that's with our parents or whoever ended up taking care of us as kiddos. And that relationship or the lack thereof has the ability to affect us all the way into adulthood and how we attach to our romantic partners and what that looks like in those adult relationships. So Hopefully, this helps to give you some context on what might be going on in your relationship or what has happened in a previous relationship for you, as well as how to try something new to alleviate some of the pressure, tension, or concerns in the relationships that you have now or in the future. Now, someone who's anxiously attached is someone who wants to be close but feels like the other person doesn't want to be close to them typically, okay? And they uh, have a tendency to be kind of preoccupied with their partner. Now, back to attachment basics is that there are those primary fears, fear of abandonment, rejection, um, and or judgment, failure, and not being enough. And we all have a different formula for how that plays out in our lives. So for someone who is anxiously attached, when one of those four fears is triggered, right? Then it's going to make them kind of go into their anxiety, go into hyperdrive, if that makes sense. So they're already um, maybe a little bit higher strung, a little bit more stressed, uh, if we can use those terms, than let's say a secure person. And that will have a tendency to play out in a couple of different ways. Now, the typical responses, right, are fight, flight, or freeze. And so for someone that's anxious, sometimes I think that the the likelihood is that for someone that's anxious, there's going to be a tendency to fight. So that doesn't necessarily mean physically, but that means that they are going to want to resolve issues right away in the moment. Um, They're not going to want you to leave the house or to leave the room. That's going to trigger their anxiety more. They're not going to want to um, give you space 
potentially if you are the type that needs it in a conflict because for them it triggers whether they are a failure, whether they are not enough, whether they think that you're going to leave them or that you are rejecting um, or judging them. And so, you know, it knowing that helps to be able to figure out how to have these interactions in a different way um, so that they're less problematic, right? And this all comes from it, you know, this person really just needing a lot of reassurance. Um, even regularly, they need a lot of reassurance, but if there is a conflict, they need even more. And so the more that we can have conversations in our logical minds, um, the easier our emotional interactions will go, if that makes sense. So that means that if you've dated someone that's anxiously attached, you may have experienced them, you know, um, calling or texting you. And when they don't hear back from you, then they'll send multiple more messages, right? And then those messages might take a turn. So they might stay the same and be like, oh, what are you doing? Are you okay? What's going on? What's happening? Or it might take a turn and be like, oh, how are you doing? Are you okay? WTF? Why are you ignoring me? What's going on? Where are you at? So it can take a turn one way or the other in those situations. Um, this person really does care about you, but their their emotional reaction um, to the fear being triggered kind of takes them out of who they otherwise typically are. And so this person might be attractive in the beginning stages of a relationship because they're consistent, right? They like consistency. So they have a tendency to be consistent in reaching out, in being communicative, um, in different ways like that. So this person appears attractive because of some of the traits that then turn into um, a challenge at times later on, okay? So it's not that these relationships are impossible. They're not, okay? All relationships have the potential to help us heal. The people that we choose, I believe, are the people we choose to help us heal in some way at times, if we can figure out how to make that happen. Now, if it's a toxic relationship and we aren't growing and evolving, personally and together, then that's a different situation. But relationships give us the opportunity to heal, okay? So these relationships are not impossible. It's really just about figuring out what's going on and how to maneuver through that. So because people that are anxiously attached really prefer closeness, intimacy, um, reassurance and communication for you you have to know your own attachment style in order to know how to accommodate the other person or how to support the other person if you are fearful avoidant or dismissive um, you may want to draw back at times you may need space and things like that but in the throes of that really being um, communicative that that is not you rejecting, abandoning, judging, um, or, you know, kind of saying subconsciously that they're not enough, right? So you want to be consistent. That's the first tip. Be consistent in your communication. Be consistent in um, affirming how you feel about them because that's going to help the anxious person feel like they have more predictability, safety, um, stability in the relationship, okay? Because what is anxiety? It's fear of the unknown. It's fear of uncertainty. So the more certainty and structure we can kind of create in our relationship, um, 
the less anxious the other person will be. Now, this is something hopefully you can do in collaboration. The relationship is not all on one person's shoulders, but these are conversations that you want to be having with each other in order to figure out how to have an easier time together. Okay, so that consistency is really key um, and ask them what that would look like. We don't have to be mind readers. You can straight up ask if I'm being consistent, what am I doing that lets you know that? What am I saying that lets you know that? And then you do exactly that. The next tip would be to let them know how you feel on a regular basis, right? That goes along with the consistency. So letting them know that you care about them, letting them know that you admire or adore them, letting them know that you're proud of them, um, letting them know that that uh, they mean so much to you, right? On a regular basis, because that's going to fill their cup, right? So let's say it's like having a gas tank, right? We'll, talk, we'll say a love tank. And for someone that's anxious, their tank needs to be filled often to stay full and when it gets low that's when the anxiety ramps up gets in overdrive can create problems and fights if you haven't listened to the conflict intimacy episode go ahead and listen to that because that could come up too send them text messages throughout the day you know call them um maybe you have some regularity if you know that you typically have a lunch break at a certain time then if you can you know you might use your lunch break just to shoot them a text and say hey i'm on lunch and i was thinking of you or whatever the case may be so again you can ask you don't have to be a mind reader ask them what am i doing on a regular basis that lets you know that i'm in this with you and I'm not going anywhere right now, right? Another tip would be, <clears throat> excuse me, figuring out their love language, essentially. It doesn't have to be the five love languages, right? There's that. But also just figuring out how is it that they receive love. And that comes from just asking those questions, but also observing them and what seems to light them up. So you want to be doing this combination of seeing how they interact with other people, um, when they're with their family, when they're with their friends, what seems like it really helps them to, to find joy and feel seen and you want to do those things for your partner this is why you're together if you don't want to be collaborating supporting someone um evolving and growing then you don't want to be in a relationship okay so relationships require work you're going to have to do work i don't think that there is a such thing as an easy relationship I think that is a myth that we are told by Disney movies or something like that. And so we have to be willing to put in the time, effort, and energy to support our partners and to understand ourselves better in order to have better experiences. The last tip, oh wait, not the last tip, <laughs> just kidding. Um, when you have conflict that arises, right, I already mentioned this before, you want to be reassuring them that you're not going anywhere, that you're not judging, rejecting, um, thinking that they're not enough. And you may say that blatantly and you might have to slow things down in that conflict f and to help regulate your partner um, to get them in more of a logical place to understand if you need a break, that's absolutely valid. It makes sense, right? But how do you communicate that you need a break? Maybe we say, you know, can we talk about this in an hour? Um, I would like to go for a walk, but I'm going to be back and I want us to work through this. Or 
whatever version of that that you can come up with. You want to be communicating and really helping to slow things down. Now, obviously you're human too, so you're not perfect and you may have your own stuff that you're dealing with. But if you see that the train is starting to go off the tracks, okay, then can you help to interrupt that so it doesn't um, turn into one of those, you know, all out fights that um, ends, you know, where people say things that hurt other people's feelings or you break up or something like that. So providing reassurance during conflict is key. Now, you want to be consistent in following through on what you say you're going to do. So someone who's anxious is going to remember pretty much all the things that you've said that you were going to do. And then they're going to wonder, it's going to trigger them if you don't follow through. So you want to say what you mean, mean what you say, and follow through on what you um, said that you were going to do in the relationship. So if you said, I'm going to call you at seven, then call them at seven. If something comes up, you communicate otherwise. Okay. Um, and then any other version of that that goes in between. So there's just a lot of validation in this, a lot of compassion, a lot of kindness that you want to to exercise in dating someone who is anxiously attached. Um, it can be a really fulfilling relationship, very loving, um, but we all have the things that we're working through. And so uh, it's also challenging. Relationships are hard, but they don't have to hurt. And hopefully this series is helping to uh, unfold and unlock some keys that are going to help you to have better relationships overall. So I appreciate you for listening. I do want to take a moment to thank a queen from Queens for leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts that says, my BF is dismissive avoidant and I'm secure. The point you made about what triggers a dismissive avoidant were spot on. I will be more self-aware of my behaviors as a result. Thanks. So I appreciate you for sharing your feedback. I'm so glad to hear that the tips are helping for your interactions to go more smoothly and your relationship to have more satisfaction in it. And I will continue to share as much as I possibly can um, because my goal is for all of us to continue to love on each other, grow, and collectively progress together. I'll talk to you next time, Gems. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.